Guess who? Hello. Hello, everyone. I'm Katrina. And I'm Rachel. And this is Padro Pascal, the Pedro Pascal podcast. The podcast all about Pedro Pascal. And and the podcast that you may have heard of recently from a big old publication. But we'll get to that later. Wow. What a week. (laughs) What a week. Katrina, how have you been? I've been, you know, I've been doing really good. Uh, lots of work, lots of day job stuff, um, but otherwise uh, cruising um, and avoiding bruisings. How, how about you? Good. Um, I have had a week. I ended up getting my cat microchip this week, which oh. made me very nervous, but he's fine. He doesn't care, but <laughs> I was nervous. There's a microchip in her cat, you guys. There's a microchip in Benji. I'll never lose him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been a week. It's been an exciting time for uh, the pod. It's been an exciting time for everybody. Oh, but, wow, yeah. Um, we had like 30 minutes of banter before we started. Another, <laughs> yeah. another advanced apologies to producer Ashley, who had to sit through that and us continuously saying all right we'll start wait wait, wait no actually uh, well because we uh we were talking about because we're uh as we said last time we're going to celebration so if you guys uh have you know any ideas of like meeting outside and saying hi to us mm-hmm. or i don't know yelling at me at avengers campus because i'm gonna go i don't care i want to see my good boy and my and my main bitch wanda Mm-hmm. Um, and my good boy is Peter Parker. If you don't know that already, uh, that's sad for you. But um, uh, as I hold up my wrist with my Spider-Man tattoo, but that's what we were chit-chatting about. But this is uh, l- l- we got to focus up here because this is a big old week for us. Oh yeah, on, on Padro Pascal. Yes. First, uh, before we get into our excitement, Pedro Pascal is back in Canada. He's filming The Last of Us, so that means we've had more grainy pictures. <laughs> love those love it i just i love them especially because like i'm also approaching it from the last of us fandom and so like yeah. you see pictures where it's like oh my god this looks exactly like blah 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 and it's like you'd only know that if you like were playing the game and were able to like toggle the camera and go like wow they really did replicate those sets you guys and i'm like i love gamers like that's that's how passionate they are <laughs> Yeah, and it's I just like all these pictures because they're so pixelated and bad, not bad pictures, but bad because you can't really see anything in them. And yet, whoever's doing yeah, whoever's doing set security on The Last of Us needs to get hired for like the next Star Wars movie because like they're they're not they're not allowing bullcrap. They're like here, enjoy some crappy TMZ pictures. Yeah, the pictures that are so far away and pixelated, you can barely see what's happening. And you're like, mm-hmm. wait, is that, is that Tess? Is that that scene? Oh, that's cool. Like, it's like, that's how you have to kind of navigate yeah. through <laughs> what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, also, before we move on, uh, The Last of Us, uh, it was revealed recently that Pedro Pascal uh, is bad at the game. Um, and someone told Bella Ramsey to teach him. And she also said, I'm also bad. So it's very sweet that the two of them are like, I'm bad at this game. There's nothing wrong with being bad at video games. 
Sometimes no. you just like, you need to hop on story mode and just play through the story. And then maybe you, you get to like mash your buttons a little bit. Yeah. Don't let anybody define your gatekeep games for you, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> I know you're listening. Play what you can. And here's why we know how uh, he's listening, guys. Uh, nice segue. Nice. Guys, uh, here's a little uh, shock for us all. Have you ever listened to Pedro Pascal, the podcast all about Pedro Pascal? No. But I will. So, if you didn't know what that was, that was uh, Vanity Fair's lie detector test asking Pedro Pascal if he uh, have has listened to us. And he said he had not. He didn't know what we were, but he would. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't heard anything from him. Oh, well, okay. We, we heard through Lauren Ash's tweet that he loves Lauren Ash, our, a friend of the podcast. And who doesn't? Yeah, part of the podcast, Super Short Zone, Lauren Ash, who we love. Our producer Ashley said she did check our email just in case. Um, (laughs) Because I don't check our emails, so I'm glad Ashley's doing it. But um, he has not said anything to us as of yet. If he has listened, maybe he hates us. It was like... (laughs) You uh, know, and that would be life, right? Like, sometimes people hate you. See, the next yeah. time he gets asked, like, oh, have you heard that 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 podcast? And he'll be like, oh, God, those two. Yeah. He'll be like, oh, yeah, I love old Lauren Ash. We'll be like, yeah, we do too, but she's not on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's fine. We'll hold that title probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Lenore Pedro here. Pascal on April 30th, 2022. <laughs> well, it is now May 1st. May 1st, 2022. <laughs> Whenever he's listening to this, 2022, yeah. we'll put that in our bio. It, oh, how dare you? It's 2 t- 2055, and he's like, oh, I'm finally getting around to Padre Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing, though. Okay, Rachel and I are actually, uh, we're trapped in a podcast loop. Um, uh, and until we get him on the show, we, we can't, can't stop making it. Um, so... <laughs> So please free us. I mean, help us complete the second season um, of the show by uh, encouraging him to come hang out. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I want the show to go on forever because, you know, I, uh, want yeah. I, I would love successful. him to come on once a season and just right. like our every season finale is him being like, all right, what'd you guys talk about this season? We're like, ah, let, let's run it down. It's a check in, um, you know? Yeah, it's a check in every season. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that happened to us, um, and we all lost our minds, uh, because you know, as one does, so he is aware of us, he hasn't said either way whether or not he will, uh, he has listened or has not. So, uh, I don't know, pester him, I guess. I, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, what you, to say. You know why I'm like wearing makeup for this episode. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, we gotta look cool. Gotta look good. Um, gotta look clean. Can't look like I just rolled out of bed and started recording at three p.m. Should, like usual. So. I should hold up my uh, my Macbeth playbill and be like, "Look, I am cultured. Um, yes. <laughs> I love Shakespeare." <laughs> but yeah, uh, so that's what happened to us, guys. Uh, in our in our doc, Ashley did say that he subtweeted us, which may- gave me a little bit of anxiety. So thank you. Oh no! What? Ashley. Where? What happened? No, she meant like that he tweeted oh, at us, but oh. it was through Lauren Ash. 
<laughs> I and I that. internalized I it instead of, you know, <laughs> doing anything It's else. just at us if you feel like insulting us, you know, just, yeah. just be brave. He, I mean, he, he did say everyone. that Lauren Ash is a genius, which she is. Very, um, very much No comment. No mm-hmm. comment on me or Katrina. It's fine. She deserves so it. She what we need to do is like, I'll text Lauren and be like, hey, Lauren, you got to come back on the show so that we can get getting the second the second part of this podcast eventually is going to be a lauren ash podcast and we're gonna have to come yeah, up with yeah. another name that's kind of like clever and and like rhymes with hers but we have to complete this one first lauren castish i don't know uh, <laughs> okay don't make me lauren think cast. lauren but cast. then everyone um, wanting on it <laughs> just do lauren call um but <laughs> Yes. Oh, well, one more time for good. Have you ever listened to Padro Pascal, the podcast all about Pedro Pascal? No, but I will. It's the like lean forward smile that uh, both feels menacing and great. Yeah, Um, it's terrifying. (laughs) Just like, uh, what? What does that mean? Uh, But yeah, so we don't. We we have no further um you know no updates no context oh we did gain like a bunch of new followers and like listeners and stuff which was super cool and like that's that's something that was i was very excited about i was excited about okay it was cool to like like pedro knowing that we're around is cool and stuff but like now we can say like as as seen on vanity fair first off yeah we just put that somewhere on our podcast and it wouldn't be a lie and then second, we gained all of these like new folks in our listening pool. And so I'm really excited to to bring them this particular episode. What if that was our shirt that we wore at Celebration? Was Padre <laughs> Pascal as seen on Vanity Fair? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yes. A hundred. Please plan this. Let's. We figured it out, you guys. This was part Padre of our 30-minute like, talk beforehand. Yeah. Like it was like, what are we gonna do about our shirts? Yes, yes, Ashley is Padre Pascal as seen on. Yeah, Padre Pascal as seen on Vanity Fair. Um, Ashley set out open Canva. She didn't. She didn't comment on the fact that she gave me anxiety by writing subtweeted, but she did comment that she is opening Canva. But yeah, so that's how that's our week. So we got obviously. Heroes can't handle bit. everything. You Ashley know? said she has selective hearing, and that's <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So obviously we've had a week, but then that does lead us to uh, a- an episode I have long been waiting for. Oh yeah, um, a movie that I do in my heart feel was made for me, in some regards. Uh, this week, Katrina, would you like to tell the people what we are covering? This week, we are covering the long-awaited, highly anticipated, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, starring Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal. Like, like, we, yeah, I think this has been, like, this is the one movie we've talked about all year, where it's, like, we need to make sure the, the podcast comes back so that we can talk about this movie. Yeah, well, because this movie was supposed to come out last year, obviously didn't, mm-hmm. um, and finally came out. I've never been happier. Um, 
is a movie directed by uh, Tom Gormacan, written by Tom Gormacan and Kevin Eaton, I think is his last name. It's E-T-T-E-N. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if it's Etten or Eaton. Um, but uh, it is time, before we get into the, the meat of it, it is time for uh, my favorite part, because I talk a lot, the rundown. Hey. <laughs> Love a good rundown. Theme. That's our new theme song for this part. It's just, hey. Let's Love a good it. rundown. So, this movie is basically a fan fiction dream. It is the idea of you getting to hang out with your favorite actor. But it takes it one step further because uh, Javi Gutierrez, who is played by Pedro Pascal, his favorite uh, actor happens to be action star uh, Abed from Community Mind Breaker himself, Nicolas Cage. And so if you don't know about Nicolas Cage, uh, there is a long history of movies where people cannot figure out if Nick Cage is a good actor or not. Mm -hmm. I posit the idea that he is one of our greatest actors. He just understands acting on a different level. So sometimes movies are bad because there are, the people are not on the same page. And I think if you get on the same page as Nick Cage, it's a brilliant movie. If you guys are on different pages, it's a bad movie. Um, And that's my hot take. He's always good, though. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I watched so many Nick Cage movies recently. Some rewatches from when I was a kid. Others brand new. So uh, I went full hog into this. But the movie is Nick Cage with a K. So Nicolas Cage is N-I-C-O-L-A-S. But in this movie, presumably, it's N-I-C-H-O-L. Nicholas, but with an H. Right. Um, because Nicholas with an H is a K. His Nick in real life is there's no K, it's just N I C. Um, and so that's how you can tell the difference between real life Nick Cage and unbearable weight of massive talent, Nick Cage. Right. It's okay. you can absolutely hear that in the name. Yeah, Nick, yeah. Nick. Um <laughs> so clearly. Yeah, clearly. Uh so in the movie. He is getting a divorce from his uh, wife, Sharon Horgan, who, uh, if you guys have not watched Catastrophe, you should. Carrie Fisher is in it. Um, It's delightful, and she is very, very funny. Mm -hmm. But anyways, uh, she's great. Watch that and this way up. But So she plays his ex-wife, and he is, like, down on his luck. And if you know anything about Nick Cage, he uh, is famously bad with money. He buys things like two-headed snakes and like weird animals and stuff that he, has, he doesn't like, need. An expensive Gundam collection. I know that. Yeah. I need to tell he the had, He had so many comics that got like stolen. Like he's he himself in real life is bad with money. And the movie kind of like references that in its own way because he like is spending uh, so much to live at uh Chateau Marmont, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he has what six hundred thousand dollars in debt. He's in the yeah. Sunset Tower, yeah. But he, I think he has like six hundred thousand dollars in debt or something like that. And so he's meeting with his agent, played by Neil Patrick Harris, mm-hmm. um, in the perf- a perfect MPH role because he's barely in this movie. No offense, to Neil Patrick Harris. I don't dislike you, but sometimes uh, they make him. 
it's okay. Here, here, here's we'll we'll go into detail about it. But my thing about the uh, Neil Patrick Harris in most roles in this role is that uh, he plays himself, which isn't so bad in this movie. But you know, no, because it was the perfect amount of Neil Patrick Harris too. Exactly. He's just like in the beginning. There's a phone call later in the movie, and then that's pretty much it. You don't really see Neil Patrick Harris out outside of that. Nick Cage is bad with money. Uh, he needs money. He wanted to get this movie role really badly um where he did a boston accent and the way he wanted to get the role was to aggressively do the scene for the screenwriter Mm -hmm. um at like lunch but what ends up happening is his agent is like okay there's this birthday party this guy's offering you a million dollars if you'll come he's a huge fan later it's revealed that like he also had a movie script from this guy um that his agent never gave him but the guy whose birthday party he's going to is Javi, played by Pedro Pascal. So Nick Cage goes because he's like, I need to get myself right for my daughter, for my ex-wife. Like, I have to be a better guy all around. He goes to Mallorca. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as he lands, it is revealed that the FBI is trying to get this guy, Javi. And... So then throughout the whole movie, it is a mix of an action, like, I guess, spy drama, kind of. Um, and these two dudes, Javi and Nick, becoming best friends and almost falling in love with each other. <laughs> I feel like we should go down through all of the scenes w- from when he gets to- with Javi on because yeah. peak, peak comedy. Absolutely. Like, they're... Their chemistry, and I, 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 like, I can only imagine what it is like to work with your idol and then also know that, and also just, like, be able to pal around with them and, like, be able to bounce off of them so easily. Um, but that's, like, that's throughout their interactions. It's just, like, they, the two of them on screen together, like, you can't pull away from them. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, like, that, the, like, that first introduction where he's on the speedboat and like talking like pure and complete shit about Javi uh, is is a really good example because um, you you kind of see like Javi's listening to him and he's just like really 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 excited that, that like Nick Cage is right behind him and it's just like it doesn't even matter like everything is gonna be perfect today like this is gonna be the best birthday ever I'm just gonna like toot my little boat over the island and it's gonna be amazing we're gonna have a great time and. It's uh this okay so this is one of those roles where like um, trailer he is uh, kind of implied to be like the bad guy or the villain of the movie um, and I expected Pedro to do like a, a you know his vi- villainous turn that he usually does when he plays like a nice dude who like turns out to be a big jerk um, but we did not get that with Javi no, we got this delightful <laughs> cinnamon roll of a man who just like. <laughs> Wait, like the my ugh, listen, this movie when he is talking to Gabrielle and she's like, How is he? And he's like, You know, movie stars, they say that like they're taller than they are. Uh, he was perfect. He was just as tall as I thought. Like, he is just so obsessed in like the best way. And this guy is just genuinely loves Nick Cage and movies mm-hmm. and like hates the life that he got put in. And is like, great, I'll pretend to be whatever you need me to be as long as I can still, like, have a Nick Cage collection and invite Nick Cage to my birthday party. Right. 
two hours. Like this movie, basically, he gets there. Nick Cage is like, "What do I have to do?" And they're like, "You just have to show up at his birthday party." Mm-hmm. And so he is laying by the pool, kind of being like a bit of an asshole. Like he's like, "I don't really want to be here, but now that I am, whatever." And so he tells like Javi is talking to him at the pool and Nick Cage reveals that he wants to retire. And so Javi is like, I can't let him retire. I'm going to inspire him and remind him what it's like to be an actor. Mm -hmm. And so he takes him on this weird ass trip to the, like to these clips and starts a whole scene where he is uh, with the daughter of someone he's not supposed to be with. And then Nick Cage is like, what are you doing? And he's like, he, like, I didn't forget how what he even says, but he makes Nick Cage jump off of a cliff. And it is one of the funniest moments because they're, they're like real into the action part. And they're like, we got this, blah, 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 blah. And then they go to run off the cliff. And as soon as they jump, it is both of them being like, oh, fuck, it's a cliff. Like, like <laughs> As if, like, like they're so in it, they don't even, like, really notice that, like, clearly they are jumping, like, and it's not exactly, like, they're jumping into, like, steep water or anything Uh either. I'm like, there are definitely rocks there. Um, (laughs) But, but, you know, they're fine, which is good. You know, Um, It did then give us uh, this picture of Pedro Pascal smoking... uh, smoking he's he's smoking drugs guys um oh okay 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 i was gonna be like sir is that tobacco no in the the scene no big deal guys he's just smoking drugs he's smoking drugs uh no because in the scene remember he's like nick cage says to him i'm more of an alcohol guy because he's smoking pot on like the cliffs of whatever this is where they filmed this was where they filmed Game of Thrones, but like mm-hmm. uh, it's supposed to be Spain, but I think it was in Croatia. Like it's supposed to be Mallorca, but it's that's not where they were. Any who's it's um, okay. So like they become best friends. I can't remember. Has the FBI already spoken to Nick Cage at this point? No, yeah, they okay. no, they, they become best friends first. They yeah, they become best friends first, but by then like they've gotten the tracker on nick cage yeah because mm-hmm. so like the fbi tiffany has realized like oh we gotta get nick cage he's going to that guy so like he'll lead us to wherever hobby is because they're the point of this movie is they're trying to find a kidnapped girl because she's mm-hmm. being held captive by uh like the head of uh, uh they think hobby is a, a drug dealer and like using this politician's daughter to get him to drop out so then someone who would let him do his bidding uh will get in charge that's what the f a gun cartel thank you uh thank you ashley uh so it's a but what you learn is that like the the fbi wants nick to find her because they think she's on the compound Mm -hmm. but before they do that uh nick cage starts to become best friends with javi they after they jump on the cliff, they have like an honest conversation with each other. And at the end of that honest conversation, uh, Nick Cage is like, Okay, so like or Javi asked Nick Cage, What are your favorite movies? Mm-hmm. Or top three, I think it was. 
And Javi or Nick Cage gives him his top three. Or no, he said how he couldn't pick. So then Javi yeah. answers it, and Javi is like the a movie that Nick Cage loves because he talked about it earlier in the movie, Face Off, because he's correct. And then he is he delays for a really long time and like mm-hmm. no nope, wrong picture. Sorry, everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he delays for a really long time. Um, and they're like fi- like they go back to the house, they're like drinking all this stuff, and Nick Cage is like, quit delaying, what's your favorite movie? And he says it is Paddington 2. Yeah. And Nick Cage gives him shit. And then he says, I cried through the entire thing. It made me want to be a better man. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's cinema. Like, it if, you, if you watch Paddington 2, and, and I don't, I'm not even, like, committing to the bit here, but, like, that movie is really, really, really good. And it deserves that that recognition. It It does. Like, truly... In all, in like all honesty, that movie is so good, and I just sobbed, uh, much like Javi, I sobbed through the whole thing. But then it cuts to Nick Cage because he was like, uh, Javi's like, you gotta watch it, and so Nick Cage was like, fine, and then he sobbed through the whole thing. So mm-hmm. like, what we learned is uh, that you know, it's the truth. Yeah, it's the That's- truth. Paying two rules. Uh. But it should get an Oscar every single year. It, you're correct. That's why um, the Oscars are failing. But go on. Sorry. <laughs> then we learn that uh, about the script that Javi actually like sent Nick Cage a script, wants Nick Cage to read his script, be in his movie, all that kind of stuff. And so Nick is like, send it to me. I'll go read it. And he goes to a bar. Meanwhile, we have not talked about little Nicky. Mm-hmm. So Nicky. Mm-hmm. is uh, the younger version of Nick Cage that, like, kind of became the Nick Cage that everyone assumed was the real Nick Cage, meaning a little out there, like, a wild man and uh, kind of crazy because that was the, like, mantra of his career in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so Nicky is the representation of that version of Nick Cage. And so um, Nick, while high and drunk, goes to this bar to read a hobby screenplay and in the bar makes out with Nikki, a version of himself. And I've never been happier to watch Nick Cage make out with Nick Cage. That's what we call (laughs) self-love. Radical self-love right there on display. I, I loved it because it was like my viewing of this film was uh, about like four or five days after it was like the middle of the day on a Tuesday. Um, and I just walked down the street to like my local AMC and save for like one couple, everybody else there was like a lady like just sitting with like our little hoodies on and everybody was cracking up during that particular moment. It was the right audience to watch this film with. Um, but yeah, it was good. That, that was one of the, the, the moments where I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm in the right place. <laughs> Everyone's like, hell yeah, we're laughing at this. Um, do it. But, yeah, so, like, he comes out of the bar and the FBI, like, throw him into a van and uh, reveal that Javi, who, he, meanwhile, he just spent the whole night with, and this man said that his favorite movie is Paddington 2. Um, the FBI tell him, <laughs> like, hey that guy is a evil 
gun uh, cartel, like the head of the gun cartel, like you don't, you can't trust him. He's going to try and kill you. And the entire time Nick Cage was like, Javi, you're, you're talking about Javi. And they're like, yeah, he goes, mm, I'm a thespian. Like I know how to read people. And that's, you're, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the funniest joke to me that he is like, I'm an actor. I know how to read people. And you're wrong about that. <laughs> um, which Ike Barinholtz has a great reaction because Ike's like, hey guys, we, sorry we did all this work. Like, the actor Nicolas Cage said that we're wrong. Um, it rolls. But Amazing. they re- they reveal to him, like, hey, we uh, the kidnapped girl, we think he has her on the compound. Like, we need you to do all this, like, FBI stuff for us. And so he agrees because he doesn't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. And so uh, then we see Nick Cage at Javi's birthday and they're like, okay, here's what we got to do. We're going to shut off the power at this birthday and you have to go like into this, uh, their secure, the security room there and like try and get the footage so we can see where she is. Um, And so it, it goes from like this kind of weird comedy into like a legit spy movie but it's still hilarious because Nick Cage is playing himself, not the spy we know he can be in movies. And mm-hmm. so he almost dies because he slaps himself with like their uh, <laughs> numbing agent that they gave him to like knock people out with. Mm-hmm. And then he has to climb out onto like the wall of this house to try and get the antidote. Um only discover that the mouse pad in the security room is one covered with pictures of Nick Cage. But um, (laughs) he survives. He gets Mm -hmm. the antidote. Um, The cops, and by cops, I mean the FBI agents, realize that he, uh, the girl, like, they couldn't find her. And so they're like, you have to find a reason to stay. Mm -hmm. And so he goes out to the party while Javi is doing, like, a speech and he says, I have decided, like, uh, I read Javi's screenplay. It's so good. Uh, I'm going to help him work on one. Like, we're going to write one together. And Javi is so excited. <laughs> Nick Cage. I know. It's just like, the what? faces he makes in this movie. Like, like my soft spot for, like, adorable golden retriever guys just, like, like exploded. I was like, oh no, like, this is so adorable. He's so hopeful. He believes in so many nice things and and has hope for the world. <laughs> well, it's so nice because it's like a really fun contrast between like the FBI uh, agents telling him, like Tiffany Haddish keeps telling him like, no, like this guy's bad. And mm-hmm. Cage is like, I, you are not, we're not talking about the same guy. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm not this guy. I yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's, uh, you have to be a little empathetic to be an actor, I guess. And I like, I like throughout the movie how, like, the, the, every, everything that people say about talent behind their backs is kind of, like, put in the spotlight through, like, the things Nicolas Cage says and does. So, yeah. Yeah. But, so, like, he is, like, okay, like, I'm working on this screenplay with this guy. And so he, they tell him, like, they find this, like, weird room, um, like, that's secluded away. And they're like, we think she's in there. And so he goes to investigate. And while he's over there, Javi comes over and he's like, I, th- I figured out what we need to do to help us write the screenplay. 
um, we need divine inspiration. So these two uh, lovely dumbasses uh, go on an acid trip because they take LSD. Mm -hmm. And they're like, let's go drive into town on LSD and try and figure out our movie. Um, Which leads to them, A, thinking they're being watched by these two random ass people. um, And then two different random ass people who just happen to look like (laughs) two people. Uh, And they're running around all over town um, looking like this. Nick Cage (laughs) in a striped shirt and Javi in a brown. But, um, like, what happens is, so they go running, uh, and I'm sure you've seen in the trailer, if you haven't watched this movie, folks, uh, they climb up this wall trying to escape from these people. And Javi is like, pull me up. And he falls. And so he's like, I can't, you can't lift me, leave me behind, go, go, Nick Cage. And Nick Cage is like, I'll never forget you. And the two of them are acting as if, like, he's about to get murdered. Only to discover that the wall they climbed up, uh, you could easily walk around. He's fine, everybody. Yeah, he's fine. Yay! Um, and then they see uh, two people who look similar to the people that they thought were chasing them. Um, and so they go running again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it results in <laughs> getting run over by a car. <laughs> and... Uh, so they run into the like <laughs> actually said that wig is terrible um so then they run into the car and the one of the my favorite parts about this movie is that Javi will like bring up uh making of featurette information mm-hmm. about movies and so like he gets in the car and he's like you have to drive I know you're he's like I can't drive I'm I can't drive on LSD. He goes, no, but I know you're a better driver than me. I watched the Gone in 60 Seconds feature it. Um, <laughs> and so then he, he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. And so uh, Javi is in his little sports car. And Nick Cage crashes the car like three times on the way back to the house. Um, but they finally get there. Javi's asleep. So Nick Cage is like, um, okay, I can do it. I'm going to go see what was up um, in that room and goes to discover that uh, Javi has like a shrine of Nick Cage memorabilia, which includes the golden guns from Face Off mm-hmm. uh, with a wax figure of Nick Cage, um, the glove from uh, Moonstruck. I don't know if you caught. Uh, the camera pans over the table. The moonstruck glove is on the table. Every like room that these people think this girl is in, she's not. And so, yet again, Nick Cage keeps telling the FBI agents, like, you got the wrong guy. There's no way it's this guy. He is too sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two of them just seem to start genuinely like light, like having a friendship <laughs> with each other. As they're working on their movie, that is a uh, oh yeah, <laughs> the plot of their movie just keeps changing. Yeah. Like as their conversations continue, they're like, "Oh well, it should be a yeah, yeah." Ashley said a character-driven drama. Drama, yeah, which is like the most like vague thing you could pitch to your friend at three a.m. in like the lobby of a hotel on LSD. Like, yeah, man, we should like do a script. It should be like a 
you know, something different, like a character-driven drama. Yeah, they're like, it's a character piece. And so then, um, like, the FBI keeps pushing him, like, because he, he's talking about their, he, like, he's like, we're writing this movie. And so the F, uh, Tiffany Haddish is like, okay, well, why don't you just suggest that there is a uh, kidnapping in the movie? And so Nick Cage does so, thinking that he's like, okay, this is how I'll get him, right? So uh, the hottest scene uh, for me is Pedro Pascal in this orange shirt and they're skeet shooting. Mm-hmm. There it is again. I don't know if you guys know what skeet shooting is, but it's when you go like pull and then you shoot the gun at the fa- at the, t- the moving target. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing. And so Nick Cage is talking about uh, the kidnapping and Pedro Pascal is, or Javi is like, why would there be a kidnapping that doesn't make sense and so he starts to get angrier and angrier and so nick cage is like oh my god they were right this guy this is the leader of the gun cartel holy shit only to then hear javi say you can just admit that you have unfinished like drama with your daughter that you need to patch up and so it's like (laughs) every time you think Mm -hmm. like this guy is the it, it's not Javi is like talking about Nick's daughter and the pain in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Playing against his usual type, yeah, in a great way. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Javi, thinking he's helping, brings Nick's uh, ex-wife and daughter to Mallorca to be like, "Hey, you guys need to hash this out because." your relationship problems are stopping us from writing a movie at the same time the fbi is caught and uh the cartel is aware of what's going on and like tiffany haddish calls him flipping out while nick cage is like well this monster brought my wife and daughter here Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's it's so funny because the entire time javi is like genuinely like well, how about like he's like trying to fix their family problems, and <laughs> yeah. Nick Cage is like, how they can leave, right? And Javi's like, yeah, of course. Like, why wouldn't they be able to leave? As soon as you guys patch this up, I'll send them home. And it's like <laughs> genuinely funny watching Javi not understand what's going on, mm-hmm. and Nick Cage being like over dramatic about like they can go home, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it is sadly revealed that the actual leader of the gun cartel is Javi's cousin, mm-hmm. who we met earlier in the movie, but, uh, Javi has no idea that he's, he stole this girl, uh, or kidnapped this girl, has no idea about anything that's been going on, and so his cousin is like, you need to go kill Nick Cage, Nicholas Cage is working with the FBI. Um, and the FBI is like, you have to kill Javi. Like, that's, mm-hmm. like, you're our only hope because they know we're looking for him. And so Javi and Nick have a standoff almost. <laughs> like, after they both realize what they have to do, they, like, walk to each other. Uh, Javi in some nice loafers. Nick in a pair of vans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That is important, guys. Um, and so then they're like, we should go 
talk about our movie like back by the cliff like we should just go back there it's a great area mm-hmm. and so nick nick did go and steal his the golden guns back and javi was given a gun so the two of them go and they're sitting in their this truck together and like clearly neither of them want to hurt the other <laughs> Cause they talk, they like stall in the weirdest ways. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love it because like everything they're doing at this point is like intensely over dramatic for the reality of their situation. But because they're both so in it and so like, oh my god, this is so real for me. Like it's it's hilarious to see them move around each other and like act like, oh, this is the last time I'm gonna see him. Like <laughs> I have to shoot him now. Oh my god. Yeah, and they're like, like they're just sitting in the this j- jeep, and Nick looks over and goes, "Oh, are those new shoes?" To Javi, and Javi's like, "No, I've had these shoes." And Nick's like, "They're great." He goes, "I don't even know. I don't really know if they're me, but they look great on you." And so they just switch shoes because Nick Cage tries them on, and Javi's like, "They look great. You should have them." And he's like, "These would look good on you. Do you want these?" And they're like <laughs> finding dumb ways to like, stall because mm-hmm. they don't want to hurt each other. Because they're best friends. Um, and so finally they get out and they walk over to like the, the woods and Javi says something like, I really genuinely like you. That's why this makes this so hard. And he like turns and pulls a gun and Nick goes, uh, the same goes for me. And he pulls out the golden guns from face off. And Javi is like, you stole my guns. And Nick's like, they're my guns. <laughs> they start fighting over the guns for a second mm-hmm. but then they just start screaming that they love each other mm-hmm. it's then, there's like a, a Lionsgate uh, TikTok like duet that I think both of us used for this yeah. scene and it was like I was I was so curious about the full context because I had no idea how to act and you know as usual <laughs> and uh, like seeing this actual scene play out was kind of funny for me yeah, well, because it's like looking at it on paper is just like the two of them are like, I love you. I love you, man. Um, mm-hmm. But in the reality of the scene is like there are very high stakes and yet the two of them cannot like do anything other than proclaim their love for each other. <laughs> um, I love it. It's so good. But then like instantly like his cousin knew that he wasn't going to kill Nick Cage. And so uh, the cartel comes after them and is shooting. So the two of them are running, um, and it's hilarious because Nick Cage is like, "I can barely run. You've, uh, you've trapped me with like, you've given me what amounts to loafers um, <laughs> as they're running." And so the two of them are hiding behind this big ass rock, mm-hmm. and like, uh, Nick, they they see the jeep, and it this scene's great because the whole time they're trying to figure out who has to go and get the jeep and yet both go together anyway because Mm -hmm. it's like nick cage being like i can't run in these shoes and javi's like okay but even in those shoes you run faster than i do because you were ahead of me the entire time we're running down this hill like you run to the car and so nick cage is like okay you're right i'll run to the car and then javi goes wait if you run if you go i go and i'm like oh my god conversation um and so they get in the Jeep, they get back to uh, the compound to uh, learn that Nick's daughter ha- was taken mm-hmm. because they want to use her against America. 
essentially because they want America to mind their fucking business. Right. And so uh, Nick's ex-wife, uh, Gabrielle, who Javi revealed to Nick that he had a crush on but couldn't be with her because of uh, the cartel, it being too dangerous. Um, I'll get in the car and they're like, all right, we're going to go to Javi's like safe house. Mm-hmm. But, or no, sorry. First, they have to go to uh, the FBI. There is revealed that like the cousin has already gotten to the FBI. They killed Ike Paranolz, who's just sitting in a chair. He's like dead by the time we get there. And it's like, and then Tiffany Haddish like dies once and then comes back and then dies again after she gets like a good hit in. And yes. then, and then everybody gets there afterward. Yeah. And they get there and like, they're like, oh shit. Like, all right, well, we have no hope. So they go to this house to come up with a plan. Uh, and the plan is basically there's an Italian like mob guy who once who has like been in hiding for years. So no one knows what he looks like anymore. Um, and he wants to now like team up with Javi's cousins uh, cartel. And so Nick Cage is like, that's how we'll get into where they are. Like, I'll pretend to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes full Coppola um that was like in my second screening i was so mad because this like we were there some guy thought every single thing that happened in this movie was funny in a way where i'm like i don't think you actually think any of this is funny i think you're just like told that you're supposed to laugh Mm -hmm. but the one joke that i think is the funniest in this movie he didn't laugh at which is when javi's cousin calls him javi ford coppola Mm because it is if you don't know that nick cage is a coppola that shit's not funny (laughs) So mm-hmm. I think it's very funny. <laughs> um, but anyways. A little lore. A little lore. Nick Cage is a Coppola and he changed his name to Nick Cage because he didn't want to just ask answer questions about his uncle, Francis Ford Coppola. Um, which means he's also Jason Schwartzman's cousin. <laughs> and there, there's a whole little brood of them. Yep. But Nick Cage is my favorite Italian American. That's your your Nick Cage to Star Wars connector is uh, Sofia Coppola is his cousin. Sofia Coppola was one of Padme's handmaidens in the prequel trilogy. Yep. Um, And uh, so my favorite Italian American, Nicolas Cage. Uh, But (laughs) but so he. Right here first. I am not her favorite Italian American. I'm not my own favorite. my whole family not in <laughs> not in life with the game fair completely fair yeah yeah it's okay sorry <laughs> sorry mom um <laughs> oh brother um but so he pretends to be this like italian mob boss goes in to like the thing and like basically sharon horgan is the reason that they survive because she's like Go ahead and kill him. I knew you weren't going to kill him because if you if you were, you would have already done it mm-hmm. uh, to his cousin. And he's like, oh, okay, you're right. Yeah. Like, I'm glad you guys are, like, teaming up with us, essentially. But it <laughs> is they're, – they're horrible at being spies because the two of them instantly, like, are like, oh, wait, fuck. We're, we have to go and find our daughter and also, like, this kidnapped girl. Um, and – eventually like they all they get to the girls they um they get like 
into the thing they they escape because javi comes and helps them like it, it's a bunch of action stuff it's hard to describe it's a it's an action sequence they get the girls out because he's nick fucking woo cage um mm-hmm. and they are driving off but like they have to get to the embassy because then uh their cousin can't do anything to them because then it would become even more of a huge to do so javi is like all right i will like i'll stop like i'll delay them and let you guys go to safety so javi's like i will i'll delay them like you guys jump out or i'll jump out like and he does and so the cage instantly hits the brakes and is like what are you doing um and he's like i i need to do this like you guys have to go like go get them to safety gabrielle who he loves stays with him and the two uh javi and her smooch and he gets to use the golden guns mm-hmm. and shoot at his cousin. And it is so cool. Yeah. And he, like, uh, one of the cars flips. He gets shot. So you're like, oh, no, what's happening with Javi? Is Javi okay? Um, and then there's this huge car chase through the streets mm-hmm. uh, trying to get to uh, with, like, with both kidnapped girls to the embassy. Uh, and I did forget to mention in the beginning one of the greatest payoffs of this movie is that it starts with the kidnapping of the like politician's daughter and she's watching a Nick. I think she's watching Con Air um, mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie and she gets like once they get, get to safety and she's sitting in the back of the car she realizes that it's Nick Cage and she's like oh my god it's Nick Cage like because she she clearly likes Nick Cage, and I love that in this town, everyone just obsessed with fucking Nick Cage. But mm-hmm. <laughs> she, they get to the embassy. They're standing outside, like the cousin's, like clearly willing to shoot them in the embassy. Like he doesn't give a shit. He's like, I will shoot somebody. Get in the like, get in the car. I'm leaving. And so, um, the um, the politician's daughter, like shows nick cage's uh daughter that there is a knife in the car and so she's like dad and she throws the knife and as she throws the knife in the movie that we're watching it switches into Mm -hmm. like the movie that javi and nick have been writing which Mm -hmm. for me as a human being friends of the (laughs) podcast my favorite show on this planet is parks and recreation my cat is named benjamin wyatt so it is not surprising that I instantly clocked that their movie is Pawnee yes! City Hall. Oh. When it switches to the movie that Javi and Nick made, they clearly yes. filmed it in Pasadena. Because I noticed the- that. I was like, oh my God, is that the building from Parks and Rec? Because no, like- the building from Parks and Rec is Pasadena City Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously in Parks and Rec, they just pretend it's Pawnee. And Amazing. so uh, when I went to visit my friends, because I'm from, I've lived in, or I lived in Cali when I was a teenager. Um, uh, when I went to visit, I made my friend take me to Pasadena City Hall. And she was like, why? And I was like, because it's, <laughs> it's the city hall from Parks and Rec. And so uh, this city hall right here is where the final embassy thing in mm-hmm. their movie happens. Um, and it's Nick Cage killing or wounding we don't know if he's dead or not uh the cousin and everyone escaping to freedom uh in the in their movie demi moore (laughs) 
is Nick Cage's wife. And mm-hmm. his daughter is a full ass adult. Um, which is great. Like she's like at least a 25-year-old running. To oh yeah, yeah. And they film her that way too. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it like okay. It's blatantly like the uh she's supposed to be a teenager, but is clearly like a 25-year-old. Because in mm-hmm. the in the in the movie movie, like Nick Cage's daughter in the movie is Michael Sheen and Kate Beckinsale's daughter, Lily. Oh wow, that's funny. Because uh her name's Lily Sheen, didn't like correlate the last name for a while, and then Kate Beckinsale kept commenting on all of the unbearable weight of massive talent stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. why is Kate Beckinsale like <laughs> rallying this? Oh, I guess she's being a proud mom. And then I realized it was because it's her mom. Uh, yeah, that knife was the other payoff in the movie that that uh, I, I think was fun because I, like, sometimes I'll notice shots in movies and I'll go, like, oh, is this here for a reason or am I supposed to ponder over it? And that was me with the knife, like, early on in the in the chase. I was like, okay, this has to, like, come back at some point. And I, like, kept expecting to see it at some point. And then, boom, right there at the end, uh, we saw that payoff. So that was really fun. Yeah um and so yeah it's their movie premiere um javi is alive and well he gets he's so excited and but nick is like i want to kind of go home with my family you you take the press you go to the parties and so he goes home with his wife and daughter and in the beginning of the movie his daughter was complaining about how he always picked the movies and wanted to basically lecture her Mm -hmm. on stuff and so he she's they're like making fun of him and he's like, okay, what do you want to watch? And she goes, okay, what do you want to put on, Dad? And he's like, no, like, what do you want to watch? We'll watch that. And his daughter suggests Paddington 2. And the so the end of the movie is him and his daughter watching Paddington 2 while his wife sleeps behind them. Mm-hmm. And then you it pans out into Hollywood and you see the poster for The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent directly next to a poster for Scenes from a Marriage. <laughs> so... It was Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal. Perfect. And the movie ends with Nick fucking woo cage. And that is the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yay. It was so much fun. Like I really, it's been a while since I thoroughly enjoyed a buddy movie as much as I enjoyed this one. Yeah. Because it was like the way that they did their relationship was just like very fun. (laughs) Like, yeah, was like, it was fun. It actually like, focused on like their bond and stuff, and like it, it wasn't like I feel like all the the ways that they bonded as characters weren't fabricated that in such a way that a lot of like bro movies are, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like it was mm-hmm. genuinely like, and it was fun watching Nick Cage both be a little suspect of like, oh, this guy's a fan of mine, but not so much. Like, it was other people being like, hey, you should be worried that that guy is a fan of yours, but not Nick Cage. He was just like, oh, yeah, are you going to make me do this kind of stuff? And he was like, no. And then, like, they just became boys. It was really cool how that kind of developed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved it. I I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Like, it it was a lot of fun. And I had a great theater experience. And, yeah. I definitely recommend it. A lot of real big hits out this summer. Yeah. Or early spring. Late spring. (laughs) And the fact that Pawnee City Hall was in there, just the icing on my proverbial cake. 
Yeah, I love it. Just like nice little little ties to everything we love in this film. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, but well, before we go any further, I do want to. I don't know if you have a Nick Cage story, but I have a Nick Cage story, yeah. and I feel like I should tell it on this episode, which is partially about Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, obviously. So you were talking earlier about like how he had like a spinning problem and stuff. And that reminded me of the, the way back one time when I was living in New York City and I worked at Sephora in Times Square and it was like 3 p.m. on like a Wednesday and I was working the registers and not like looking at the rest of the store. But there was like some whispering, some commotion going on about the store. And, you know, I, I was like really close to clocking out. So I didn't really try to listen too hard to it so that I could just leave when I had to. Um, and I, I like knelt down to like do something in like one of the register cubbies. I think it was like refilling it with like bags or whatever. And then I stood up straight and there was Nicholas Cage right in front of me. And like this lady who I assume was like his wife or somebody, I don't know. I don't know that man as well as I know other men. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, he's, he's, not, uh, he, is, uh, uh, he is, it was probably his old wife. Like he, yeah, this is like 2008. I want to say. Like it might have been two wives ago. Yeah, it might have, who knows? It might have been two wives ago. Um, I mean, he's, he's way, had three whole, wives recently. Yeah, there was like Nicholas Cage was standing there, and then like five baskets worth of makeup were like right in front of him and with this woman. And I like started ringing him out and going like, "Are you?" I, I like had to. I like kept staring at him a little too much because I was like, "Is that really Nicholas Cage?" Because you know, in New York, it's like you don't really say too much yeah. shit when you see a celebrity. And so I like said under my breath, "I'm like, are you, are you Nicholas Cage?" And he was like, "I don't know, am I?" And then like <laughs> he gave me his credit card, and it was him. And <laughs> and I uh, I rung him up, and he was very delightful and wonderful. And then he left the store, and that is my Nicholas Cage story. I don't have a Nick Cage story, but I just love him very yeah. much. He's a, he's a fun guy. It was good. He could have been very rude, and he was not. He was just no. Like, I think he's too strange for that, and I love no, him for yeah, it. Yeah, he's too much of a weirdo. I love it. Well, because it's like I am thirty, so I grew up in prime Nick Cage action star era, mm -hmm. and I remember like I love Face Off. I I met I referenced Face Off so much in like the dumbest ways especially like in my articles like i will literally talk about like uh, i made a face-off reference multiple times talking about black widow before it came out because i thought they were gonna do the comic run where nat and yelena swap faces mm -hmm. um like face off <laughs> and but i love that movie because it's insane love raising arizona i finally watched moonstruck for the first time uh last like fall because i had never seen moonstruck and so like i was uh i i like a lot of his movies i saw growing up but as an adult like didn't remember a lot of them because i watched them like as a child with older brothers the movie that i loved the most was the family man which says a lot about me a person <laughs> who loves a good dad like mm -hmm. i was like as a child i was like this movie is good and everyone else was like, it's not. And I was like, nah, I like it. I like this movie. And then I rewatched and I went, I understand why people didn't like it, but I stand by it. Sorry. The only bad thing about it is that it's a Brett Ratner movie. Other than that, I like that movie. 
<laughs> Fair. Um, but yeah, uh, I he's just he's fascinating, and I love that this movie really highlighted that. Like he would switch like how he was approaching things as a character in a way that like uh was fascinating because he went from like i'm a man i'm nick cage i'm a man i'm just a normal ass dude to like i'm acting here's me acting about like acting out this scene from a movie and then later when him and javi are acting together he like turns into action star nick cage and Mm -hmm. all of it was really cool to watch how he did it and yeah um some fun facts our producer uh reminded us of one that i already said was that the movie was filmed in croatia mm-hmm. near where they filmed uh, a lot of oberon stuff for game of thrones mm-hmm. um i believe there's an interview where pedro pascal says he went and like saw where they filmed it which was surreal for him and also like uh this movie was a little uh up in the air for a while um, I interviewed Tom and Kevin for it uh, in my face-off t-shirt. So they knew I was an ally. Because I have a shirt that says John Travolta, but it's Nick Cage's face on it. Um, <laughs> which is from The Adam Project. I saw that movie and saw that shirt in The Adam Project and was like, that's great. I want that shirt. And I went and bought it. But um, it, Tom and Kevin clearly love Nick Cage, but they couldn't convince Nick Cage to join the movie for a while. So um, it was offered to Christian Bale and Daniel Day-Lewis, but they weren't switching. The, they were going to play Nick Cage. So it wasn't like Christian Bale was his, like he was a big Christian Bale fan. He was a Nick Cage fan, but it was going to be Christian Bale being Nick Cage. Wow. kind of think is funny. I think that's amazing. Um, I would love to see that cut. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, to I want to see that cut, but with Nick Cage's commentary. Uh. Yeah, exactly. My friend Hannah Blackman, who wants to be on Padro, um, and is coming yeah. later this season. She, her, and I were talking about like who we think would have played Javi in the movie version. Mm. Like, because she, I was like, I don't think Javi played himself. I think like someone played him. Um, and much to your dad's commenting. On our videos, <laughs> I suggested I Santiago um, yes. as the like hot movie star version of Javi, which is like the thing is Pedro Pascal himself is a hot movie star, so mm-hmm. it's weird to think of like what would the movie star equivalent because it's him. But I was thinking like, okay, well they're both um, men from Chile, like. <laughs> They are both in nerd bubbles because mm-hmm. Santiago's obviously in Star Trek and he was on Merlin. So I was like, that is like how tangentially I connected the two versus like, who's the hot movie star version? I was like, cause it's still him. But yes. So it was Nick, uh, Nick Cage had to be convinced essentially to do this movie. He, they offered it to him like five times and <laughs> five times. Wow. He said No. Oh my god, that is incredible. What wow. I I mean like as for backup plans, Christian Mill is not that bad of a hilarious backup plan, you know. No, you know I he would, would probably fully commit to it. Oh, he would. Him, Keanu Reeves as Nick Cage probably would have been a good 
a good B plan. But uh, Keanu Reeves, you could almost do. You're a Keanu Reeves movie, right? Yeah, you could have yeah. just done Keanu Reeves movies because someone could just be obsessed with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or Speed. Yeah. Like it's like him and Nick Cage are in the enough of the same sphere that I feel like if you got Keanu Reeves, you might as well just change the little things to Keanu Reevesisms. But um, I'm glad Nick Cage said yes because I think this is such a good movie that like honors him and doesn't like mock him and i think after pig a lot of people were like oh nick cage is good actually and i was like mm, you guys didn't watch community uh because abed figured that shit out in community exactly he makes nick cage noises but uh yeah i love this movie so much i want to watch it all the time at my screening for my press screening people were cheering as if Nick Cage was there. Um, he simply said Nick fucking woo Cage. And some guy in the front row went woo. And then from <laughs> that on, like everyone was reacting that way. Amazing. Um, that's, yeah. that's that's the magic of, I mean, you know, please stay home uh, as much as you can. Uh, currently, as we are in a pandemic. Um, but it is one of the magical things about watching movies in a theater that I hope we can all safely return to one day is like listening to people's reactions because that's mm -hmm. part of the experience. So I'm glad that you you got that guy who said who. <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts on The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent that I may have missed? I hope there's a second one. A second movie for them? A second movie where the FBI calls them in again for another mission together. What if they had to take down the Italian guy? <gasps> but it's Ooh. Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> yes. They, not only that, they have to take down the entire Coppola family. And yeah. so Nick's challenge is to take down his own, like, cousins and uncles. Yeah, and Jason Schwartzman's, like, in Sicily. Yes. Yes. Please. Oh, my God. No. Now, now I want payment for this. All right, Tom, Tom and Kevin, come on the podcast. We'll give you the idea again, fresh. We'll pretend like we didn't say it. Exactly. Um, That's the deal. Also, we get invited to the red carpet. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the other day. I went uh, I went and got food from the Essex Market, which is like where they had the premiere. And it's just very funny looking <laughs> like that. That's where they chose to have the unbearable weight of massive talent premiere in New York because it's just it's Essex and Delancey. <laughs> It's like okay, right? why not make it a little a little rustic, right? Yeah, they're like, well, there's a Trader Joe's around the corner. It's fine, um, but yeah. Uh, so now, guys, it's our favorite time of the week. Excuse me, <clears throat> stash, 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 stash. The stash on everybody's lips is gonna be Pedro's. All right. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, I will go first this week. My stash of the week is my favorite deleted scene ever created where he's <laughs> in the pool talking with his little belly hanging out. Mm -hmm. I love how this scene broke 
quite literally my entire timeline on Twitter. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw it like at the end of the day because I was working really hard all day and like I like saw it and I was like, oh. Well, my one friend tweeted. Um, my friend Kiko tweeted that she never wanted him to get out of his um. Uh, slut era, I believe. Let me get the exact. <laughs> let me get the exact phrasing that she used. She said, "Oh, I'm so sorry." She said, "Pedro Pascal, please never stop being a hoe." With pictures from this scene, which he liked, um, and I think that is hilarious that he said, "Agreed." Oh yeah, um, good for him. Uh, yeah, and that is my stash because he looks good in this whole movie, but that's that's aces. Yes, uh, my stash is, I mean, that was an incredible stash. Uh, mine is a little more wholesome. It's, it's the little LSD smile. Like, I was behind the rock the whole time, you guys. You guys, I'm fine. Don't worry, I'm right here. Don't worry. I love it. It's just so cute and so happy. He literally looks like an actual cinnamon roll. Like someone baked that. So Yeah. An honorable Congratulations mention. Congratulations, Pedro Pascal's mom. Honorable mention is uh his look from the movie premiere at the end of the movie, where he has a nice little haircut, full stash. Good for him. Looking really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, here. and yeah and guys uh just as a quick reminder um have you ever listened to padro pascal the podcast all about pedro pascal no but i will so uh if you're listening to this hi, hi. sir hi. um i'm sorry but um <laughs> <laughs> and there's like I'm of two minds with this when it comes to knowing that he may or may not listen to this uh, podcast um, one mind is very excited and hopeful that he enjoys it the other one is terrified and hopes that he was like secretly lying and just like being really good at passing the lie, A lie detector test yeah I'm going like I'm not going to listen to this shit like <laughs> I'm so excited but I'm so terrified I'm like god oh no what have I said I don't remember like more than five minutes ago at this point so <laughs> well sir if you um follow me on instagram at rachel underscore leishman um because <laughs> you already followed me on twitter follow me on instagram ha <sighs> but yeah so trina where can the people find you yeah <clears throat> uh you guys can find me anywhere on the internet if you look for oh katrina that's o-h-c-a-t-r-i-n-a um i co-host this podcast i also go host uh, with my friend kayla uh i uh write i'm working on comics and everything i do is just like on that one that usually my twitter feed because that's where i live so follow me at oh katrina and you'll be able to keep up with stuff i think <laughs> maybe you guys can follow me at Rachel Leishman on Twitter, at Rachel underscore Leishman on Instagram. Uh, I write at the Mary Sue, and I'm here. I'm also going to be at Star Wars Celebration with Katrina and our producer, Ashley. If you would like to see us, tell us that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure something out. 
Um, but guys, we're in season two. We're trying to put out as much content as possible because now we have momentum. Yeah. And, and a listener whose name could have the initials P and P in it. Um, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Not Maybe I. it's Pepe Le Pew. Hopefully <laughs> 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 not. Peter Parker. Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Paula, Paula Pabdul. <laughs> listens exactly but yeah um we will be back with new episodes new guests um and maybe we'll do another triple frontier episode because i'm me i right. why not we should at least do we should be doing at least three of them per season we'll hopefully. make lauren come back for a triple frontier Ooh, ooh, ooh! footnote on this if we ever do a podcast about spider-man it's got to be called Peter Parker Picked a Podcast. No one steal that. We'll know. <laughs> no one steal we'll it. We'll get you. We'll know. We'll get you. <laughs> um, and with that, guys, well, one more time, we're going to play out Pedro Pascal saying he's going to listen to this podcast. Um, and until next time, goodbye. Have you ever listened to Pedro Pascal, the podcast all about Pedro Pascal? No, but I will.